Every passionate follower of Jesus has a deep desire to share their faith with others. How do we make and multiply disciples around the block and around the world? How do we do it at a rate that can compete with population growth, a growing secular culture, and 40% of the world considered completely unreached? With hosts Doug Lucas of Team Expansion, Lee Wood of One Body Church, John Hirima of Big Life, Roger Shull of E3 Partners, and special guests from around the world, we'll explore how believers can come together to make more disciples. Welcome to the More Disciples Podcast. Yes, welcome to another episode of the More Disciples Podcast. My name is Roger Shull. I'm one of the co-hosts here. And our guest today is Kenny, and unfortunately, his wife is going to join us. But they are—they uh, are—we're in the middle of COVID nineteen pandemic still, so his wife can't join us just because of uh, contracting that. And so our prayers are for her and their son, their young son. But I'm one of the co-hosts here. My other co-hosts with us today are Doug. Good day. And subbing in for John Harima is Forest Head. Hey, welcome. And subbing in for Lee Wood is Zach Duke. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I also have the wonderful privilege of introducing our guest today, one of my dearest friends and just someone I look up to, co-laborers, Kenny Fong from the beautiful island of Mauritius. I uh, wish we could all go vacation there because it's the Hawaii of Africa. And, uh, is, <laughs> and Kenny is just doing a phenomenal job of making disciples in Mauritius, surrounding island, but mm-hmm. also co-laborating, collaborating, and serving uh, many other leaders throughout the continent of Africa, as well as other nations. And I've just learned so much from Kenny and getting to you know grow close with him and his family. So we are honored and blessed to have Kenny on the podcast today to learn from somebody who is younger than uh, than a lot of people that are trying to start this work and, and just doing an incredible job. So Kenny, welcome to the More Disciples podcast. Hey, this is my honor and pleasure to to be there, to be here with you. I've been listening from day one. So yeah, uh, so wow. cool to be with you guys. Yeah, faithful listener and now a honored guest. So thanks for that intro for us, Duke, or sorry, Zach Duke. Uh, <laughs> Kenny, but why don't you give us an intro to this? Maybe you can, um, <laughs> maybe you can give us an introduction for yourself. Just like tell us like how you got started in movements, maybe what God's doing right now, like what you're doing right now. Um, because you're actually working over a pretty large region and pursuing mm-hmm. movements uh, in Africa. So maybe you can give us an intro there. Well, definitely. Um, so I think uh, it goes back to my story <laughs> where, you know, I, I, I didn't have to do anything with, with you know, the church. I was, I was uh, um, you know, I was lost and broken and, you know, um, you know, very broken life trying to to find hope when i heard about jesus and uh and so after dealing with drug addiction and and just you know brokenness in my life jesus really healed me and gave me you know new hope and new perspective of life and so not only he saved me from my sin but you know saved me from from depression and uh and so from the day I, I met him, I knew that uh, my life would be different. And so from a very early stage, uh, the, the guy who led me to faith uh, started discipling me in his home. And, uh, and I was so hungry that we would meet every day from 
like nighttime all the way to one or two a.m. You know, just reading the word together, and uh, and he's a businessman. So after three weeks, he left the island, and I was like, "Why do I go to church now?" <laughs> he was like, "This is church, brother. This is church." And he's been very intentional just to pour into me, and of course, you know finding this new life in Jesus and how, you know, he transformed my life. I was so eager and hungry for more. So I went to the church down the road and a few, a few weeks later, uh, there was a guy who walked into the, to the church building and he was uh, sharing about, you know, disciples make disciples. And to be honest, I didn't really quite understand what he was trying to say, you know? And, uh, and after church, he came straight at me and, and started, you know, asking me question, you know, about my, my, my story and, you know, where I come from. And so he invited me over to his place where, you know, he, he was sharing with me the principles of making disciples. And at that time, you know, being young and, and zealous, just met the Lord. So I want anything, you know, that has to do with prayer, with Bible. So I went to his place. And, and then without me knowing, he started training me on those principles of, you know, um, how to become a disciple and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And that is to make more disciples. And so how he had trained me was very interesting because he trained me over the course of six weeks uh, around some lessons and principles that I was asked to, you know, put into practice. So first week was just the, the big picture, you know, that God is calling us and why he called us and uh, what we're going to do about it. And so and then I came back wanting to know more. And so he started asking me, so who do you think needs to hear this gospel? And so I started making a list of people that I knew and uh, and started praying over them. And then on the third week, he started sharing with me why. How, how are we going to share with them? So by sharing my testimony. And I remember, you know, I had like, it was really hard to put my, my story in such a small, you know, uh, time frame for people to, uh, how do you even to structure it for people to understand it? And, uh, and so by the third week, you know, I was asked to go back and reach out the, the people that I have on my list, you know, to share the gospel, to share my story with them. And so I went out and I remember, you know, sharing my story with, with some people in the community. And I remember there was this guy and he was so captivating by, by, by my story. And he was like, how do I do to meet Jesus the same way you did? And I said, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy who was, you know, uh, there was a guy who was trying to, you know, model for me at that time. He came along and he said, you know, he shared the gospel with them because I didn't have the piece of how to share the gospel. <laughs> and so the, the guy came to faith and I had like, wow, this is so easy. I mean, to share your story and and boom, God is working there, you know. And so long story short, within like six weeks, you know, we, we the, the following, week, following week, we learned how to share the gospel. And so we went out there again, sharing with more people because I knew now how to share the gospel. And by the end of the six weeks, you know, 
we've seen about 40 people baptized. Oh about four, wow. four groups started looking at the word together. And so it was incredible. And, and, and it was so funny because I didn't know what I was doing. I probably don't know what I'm doing, but, you know, <laughs> I just, I knew that this is, this was from the Bible, right? And, and, and God was, was calling everybody to do it. So I just tag along and did what, what, what God was, 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 uh, was, was doing. Can and I- your story is so cool. I mean, I can only imagine that the people out there that are listening to this, if anybody listens to this, they are out there just <laughs> applauding you. But I know you're not in it for your, uh, no. for you to get the attention. You really want God to. But we've got to say, th- this is so fantastic. So how did you go from four groups or telling one person to now, I think it's gone beyond that, to actual actually other countries? W- what happened next? Oh, wow. So. Uh... That's a very good question. And so that's, that was the beginning of just, you know, listening and obeying and sharing Jesus. And so it became really my lifestyle. And so I, what I tried to really do from, you know, what, what, what model for me was just try to obey, right? Whatever God speaks to me, you know, just obeying it. And so we started going crazy, you know, everywhere in Mauritius, you know, getting to communities and getting a lot of groups started, seeing a lot of people come to faith, baptize and, and so on. And what had happened is I, I, I met my wife. <laughs> and uh, so she's, uh, so that's a very long story, but this is really where it started to go from Mauritius to other places. So my, my wife is from Germany. And she was serving with a mission organization and uh, we met in Mauritius and then she was, you know, traveling throughout Africa for the next year. And what had happened is I remember praying to God, say, Lord, um, I really want to put a ring on her finger to show her that I'm serious about, you know, what you have revealed to me about her. And I knew that, you know, from Mauritius to Africa, that's the cheapest way that I could see her again. (laughs) So anywhere in Southern Africa, Lord, would you make that happen? And so I get a call like three months later and, and, and a brother, my, my mentor at that time, he said, Hey brother, would you, would you mind to come with me to South Africa for a training? And where we're going to share the same principle that you guys are doing in Mauritius. Would you come and, and join me to that training? I said, yeah, why not? And so and then he gave me the, the details of that trip. And it was at the same place, the same, the same time that, that my wife-to-be would be in, in Africa. Whoa. And so he started modeling. Actually, what had happened is my mentor started modeling what, what it looks like to train other people from different culture. The same principle that he had taught me from, from Mauritius. And so that was my first initial, you know, taking the same principle to other places uh, in Africa. And from there, I think, fast forward, this is where I met Zach and Lee and Forrest uh, back in 20, uh, 2017. And I was just uh, a few weeks from being a, becoming a father. And, and I remember God spoke to me so, how do you say that? Uh, like you can audibly hear. Audibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I heard God, I mean, to have eyes to see where the kingdom is not. And, and when I started looking at 
the island of Mauritius and I could see, you know, other places from, from other islands where the gospel is not yet preached and looking at some areas and some islands that have, you know, that are considered to be Muslims nations. And so, um, and I remember started praying and I was sharing this with, with Lee who had become like one of the, you know, one of my mentors, you know, and I said, brother, I, ha- I really feel the, the, this, this burden to go to those places. And he says, okay, why don't you go? I said, I don't know. Should I go? He says, what do you say? He says, I think go. He says, then go. <laughs> wow. And so I started taking trips to go to other places to pray a walk. And I didn't, you know, I thought that I needed to, you know, go train somebody but I didn't have any contacts. So Lee basically kind of walked through this with me, you know, and said, you know, do the same thing that you would do. If God puts some, some people on your heart, you just go and pray a walk. And so that's what I, what I've done. You know, we uh, booked a ticket without knowing where, where I was going and just went to those people. And, and uh, yeah. And, and from this, you know, it, it really, uh, created more curiosity from other people uh, from mainland Africa and started, you know, training other places. And uh, wow. that's, that's it. Great. Yeah. So Kenny, that's, that's, that's fantastic. You know, and it's just been an incredible joy to be on this journey with you. So, so you mentioned we met about three and a half years ago in uh, Kenya together and Zach was there as well, uh, right before you, uh, Jabez was born. So you're newly married you have your first child on the way. Now God's blessed you and Frida with a second uh, mm-hmm. son, Caleb. Uh, a question we often get is that what, you know, we have a young family, we have young children. How do we continue to press into disciple making movements that lead to multiplication when we have the responsibilities of a young family? So what does that look like for you and Frida? What does that look like in your home when you have a group gathering? And uh, a follow-up to that is that what does that look like when you have to be away and you're training and pouring into others? So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'm still learning that. <laughs> but I think that it helps when you have a spouse that really is one with, with you. And, and, you know, the reason why I really wanted to put a ring on a finger is because, you know, I heard clearly from the Lord, you know, after knowing her three days after, you know, Talking to her because I, I, I remember just talking with her where what God was doing in my life and what God was doing in her life. And I knew that she was the right partner that would support that kind of madness to just, you know, go. And I think uh, I praise the Lord for, you know, blessing me with such a partner in life because there, there are many times where I feel like without her, it wouldn't have been possible, you know. Um, and so, uh, Frida is, is, you know, if you, you guys know her, I mean, she's very shy and quiet and more reserved, but I think she's more crazy than I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, a lot of people try to talk, try to, uh, t- talk me into sense, uh, and they, they try to talk to Frida, but they, that, they, they don't actually know that she's the crazier. <laughs> it's crazier than me. So from day one, she's been like together on this vision that God has put on our hearts for to see the unreached reach until 
um, you know, everybody knows. And we really believe that, you know, why can't we be this generations that gets the, the, the job done? We, we kind of pray and hold each other accountable to really uh, live up to that life. Kingdom first, you know, how can we push and advance the kingdom first uh, as a family? And so when I started taking trips, I, I also, I must say that, you know, I, God has surrounded me with, with an amazing family, with, you know, not just biological family, but spiritual family that, you know, that comes around and, 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 you know, bless us, you know, while I'm away, you know, they, they, they really take care of, of my kids and, and Frida. And uh, also, my, I must say that uh, my parents have been a, a huge supporter uh, of, of, of the work because, you know, every time I'm, I'm, I'm out there doing something, they, um, they also come and, and see how they can love on, on, on my family. That's pretty awesome that you have such a good spiritual family and, and, and your parents that can support you. And Diana is such a supportive Why? I mean, just being one together in this vision, how she doesn't uh, you guys are pursuing this together clearly. Um, uh, is, I'm, I'm wondering, like, as a young family, you know, I know I, uh, when I was pursuing movements, I was fairly young myself and I ran into some, I felt like I ran into some obstacles by just being, trying to be young. And I was not overseeing work in multiple countries like you're talking about. And so I'm wondering, like, with such, uh, what, where God has you uh, and being uh, just a young having a young family and being a young person, like, have you ran into any obstacles in trying to train different people or yeah. You know, I think about Paul saying to Timothy, don't let anyone despise you for your youth, but set an example, you know? So there's even that potential that people could look down on, uh, you know, you for being young, like, have you experienced that? Like have there, yeah, just maybe you could speak to any obstacles you face or, or what God has done in that. Sure. I mean, multiple, I, I think we, we never grow out of, uh, challenges but i think the first one that came is when 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 i baptized the first people that said yes to jesus and uh and i was so broke at that time i i had returned to my parents and i you know i was happily and joyfully returning home my jeans being wet you know baptizing uh, first people you know and my mom looks at me and she goes like why are you soaking wet i said well i just came back from baptizing my first disciples and she goes like you did what <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, they both my parents didn't did not quite understand you know what was going on with me because they had been believers for more than 30 years and you know and and not understanding like it's true. I need a discipleship. And they're like, you're baptizing people now? And uh, it's been always challenging, especially pe when people know my past, uh, the people that know, actually know me. I didn't have a glorious past, you know, with drugs and the brokenness that was in my life. And so now preaching Jesus and sharing the love of Christ with people, it took really a long time for people to accept that. Because they thought I was going through a depression and I was going crazy again, you know, <laughs> and uh, it had some some really tough, you know, challenges, you know. But the good thing is that over the years, by keeping faithful to the process and to Jesus, and you know, now my parents are now uh, church planters. <laughs> they they are alongside, and and there was they are one of the most faithful disciple makers along alongside. 
That's awesome. um, That's fantastic. But also, in a, I think uh, another challenge since I come pretty much from the harvest, I didn't have this network of believers or, you know, uh, so it's challenging as as a young leader and, and coming from the harvest to go now and, and train other people that are asking, you know, to share the same principle because I don't have the influence as, you know, a leader, a Christian leader. Everything that that God has allowed me to do was pretty much, you know, organic, simple church, you know. And so having the influence in, in, in a secular, not a secular, but in a, in a more conservative Christian background, it's, it's not always welcome. I would, I would say that, but I, you know, you learn and, 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 and you try not to say the same thing, you know, the, the stupid things that you, you, you say out <laughs> of seal. <laughs> so definitely. And, and uh, what, what other challenges is also, you know, as you try now, as I try now to partner and collaborate with other movement leaders, you know, and how, how to stay humble. And, and I think it's, 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 it's also very important to, learn from others even even though some come from you know more traditional background but you can you know learn a lot from their wisdom and so to remain humble and this open-minded of, of learning from anybody you know kenny just on the the idea of of you being a young disciple maker you being a young leader i mean you and i are the same age right we're we're both 32 years old and we we truly are we're standing on the backs of giants of the faith who have plowed the way, who have gone on before us. And, and so we, we have so much honor to give to that generation that has, you know, given us so much, given us everything they have. Uh, but do you think also that age can be a barrier or almost like a Western context where we have actually pegged you as a young leader? Or is that mm-hmm. actually kind of crazy because King David was 30 when he was king Jesus was 30 when he was, you know, leading and building the disciples. They were probably teenagers. Most of the church planners in South Asia are mostly teenagers. So have we almost created like this false idea that we are young and that we can't lead and we need to be groomed for leadership at a later time? So one, agree or disagree with that as a barrier. And what do you think is a better factor for leadership and serving a movement besides age? I think depending on the context, you know, uh, I think, like you said, in Africa, until you're married, you're, you're still a kid, you know. But once you're married and you have kids, you, you, you have a different social status. And me taking a role of leadership after, you know, being married and having kids have, have not been so much of a challenge. But I remember before getting married, you know, it was very, very challenging, you know, to, to go back and trying to train other people, especially coming from, um, working with the existing believers circle, like I would say the traditional church, you know, uh, they would often put us, you know, and especially I'm not a, you know, they would ask me if I'm a pastor, if I had a, any title, if I, you know, every time I tell them no. And, you know, now when I train them, they always put a title <laughs> to introduce me like Pastor Kenny or Evangelist Kenny, you know. So I think it, it in some ways, you know, it's, it, it is challenging to uh, lead others when you're young because you, one, you know, the influence, you know, in most in most in most uh, cultures, you don't have the influence because you, you you're still a young guy. And you know, I remember one one of the one of the pers- one of the people that I was trying to pour into, 
she, she's a, she's an older lady. And she said to me, you know, uh, when you will be married and have kids, you will be uh, taken more seriously because you, you will show that you have been through fire. And really it's true because, you know, when, as you grow older in life, you, you do acquire more, you know, life experiences. But that doesn't mean that you can't share your faith and lead others. For example, most of our guys uh, who are doing the work, they're, they're young people. I mean, we have a good mix, but a bunch of them are, are, are young people. For example, right now we're in Germany and we have this two girls. They're like barely 20 and they're two young girls going after the homeless, the homeless in the street, sharing Jesus. And it's incredible. You know, and so I think it is a challenge, but I don't think it, it, it's it's how to say that um, that doesn't discredit you from from making disciple. That's great. You know, I was thinking about all of the rich background you have, Kenny, and how how cool it is. We many of us train with that story in Mark five about the guy who was uh, inhabited by the impure spirit, and Jesus came to that shore apparently to talk to him. Uh, and, and within just a few short hours, Jesus was sending him out to 10 cities. You remind me of that guy because you have told us you've had this troubled past and yet you were out there on the streets after three lessons and the people were asking, how do I come to Jesus? You thought, uh, I haven't had that lesson yet. Let me come back. (laughs) I just love this rich history you've got. You've probably got, I mean, it's clear you have clear English. You probably have, I bet French Creole from Mauritius, and I bet you have French as well. You come from an island that is absolutely varied with religions. You've got what? I bet half of your island is probably uh, Hindu maybe, and and another whatever third are, are different streams of, of calling yep. themselves Christians. And then you've got a growing Islamic uh, radical element as well that you've got to deal with now. How do you take all this varied background Kenny, and you, you know, of course, your wife being from Germany. <laughs> and by the way, you're starting to have COVID right now yourself, and you're here on this podcast with us. How do you do all this? What is the fuel? What, what, is, what is empowering you to do this? How, what do you feel like is your calling, Kenny? Yeah, I think it all starts with them because, you know, after going through death and having, you know, no hope to a point of killing yourself, you know, and then finding light and life, you know, that changes everything. And from that day that, you know, I saw Jesus reaching out to me, uh, I knew that my life would be different. And so that changed everything, you know, that moment that, you know, he reached out to me. And from that day, it really, you know, I really felt like I'm going to make every, every moment count from that day on. Wow. That's basically it. So every day it's, it's, it's Lord. Thank you. And, and, and I think I need to remind myself every day of the beauty of salvation. And, and I know that, you know, when I heard Matthew 24, 14 for the first time, and I was thinking, why are we not all pursuing that thing that he wants to get done? 
And so it became really the model of my life. Uh, you know, how, how can I live long enough to see that day, you know? And so, yeah, it's been really, uh, my, my wife and I, our drive for, for, for our, our marriage, our family is to, you know, see that happen. Deep respect. Amen. Well, Kenny, you know, I want to dig into this a little bit more because you've talked about mm-hmm. this journey out of brokenness, right? And I feel like if if we were all honest, we've all come through some type of journey of brokenness in the past. And there's so many others that are out there that they feel like somehow that past and that journey has disqualified them uh, to be able to go, to, to be able mm-hmm. to lead, to be able to make disciples. So the question is, is, how do you feel like that journey out of brokenness has better equipped you to reach others, to make disciples? Well, I think God gives us a story. And that story, whatever the story is, it's still a beautiful story. Because we encountered the greatest miracle, and that is when the, the day we met him. And so that's the best story. And, uh, you know, when I train and sharing the same principle, how to share your story and God's story. And, you know, when we get them to practice, people say, oh, we don't have a, we, we never had like this kind of brokenness in our lives, <laughs> you know, and we've always been in church and it's really hard you know, for us to, to share this. And I think what people don't realize is, you know, if we dig down in our heart, there's this darkness. And, and I think, I think what, what, what the beauty of it is he, he redeems darkness into light, you know? And, um, for me, that's been really the thing that I've been encouraging people to, 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 to share is how this, moment of light you've experienced and now you know uh how everybody's got a story and uh you know when when you 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 go into the uh, dark room and you you switch on the light or you switch on a candle there's light no matter what how bright the light is there's light and it changes the room right so um that's the, the thing that I've been trying to encourage people is to share the hope that you have. And, and, and uh, everybody's got a story um, and worth sharing. At the beginning, it was hard to share with, with others. You know, some, some things are kind of personal. You don't want to share. But the, the more I've been sharing with people, I realized that each part of my story can be an, an encouragement, you know, uh, for, for somebody. And so from that day, I realized that, you know, uh, it's really worth to share because you never know who, who's, you know, going through the same kind of brokenness that you, we were before Jesus. I love you sharing your heart in that, um, Kenny. You can definitely hear the passion. And I, and I heard you say, I was kind of after you read 24, Matthew 24, 14, uh, just that the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed to all nations and then the end will come. And then you're kind of like, man, why don't, why doesn't everyone do this? Uh, but I, I think in that there's an aspect where that's a huge vision. Like, I mean, the gospel being proclaimed to all nations and I know that's what you're pursuing. And so I, with what you've already been doing, uh, pursuing movements where you're at in Mauritius and across Africa, 
like, I just have, a, I'm just curious, like, what do you feel like is next for you? Is it just keep on plowing in the fields where you're at and just fostering the work where you're at? Is it, you know, pushing different leaders from different countries into new countries to spark new movements? Like, what do you feel like God's leading you to do next? So that's a very good question, uh, Roger. Actually, you know, two years ago, you know, we started seeing the work emerge in various parts of Africa and uh, places that we trained and, you know, places where other people had trained. And we felt the, the need of coming together as Africans to, to look at what does it look like to see the kingdom come and what does it look like to go where it's not. And so together with some other leaders from different parts of Africa, we, we came together and started connecting the dots what God is doing in those different countries. And so what we realize is how can we be more strategic in terms of segments, you know, because Africa is such a big place. So we started segmenting the whole continent into West, North, East, Central, South, and the islands. What, what, what had happened from this is we started looking at, so what's a, a good a, a good uh, rhythm to start meeting so that we can pray for one another and still strategizing to, together and holding each other accountable so that we can focus into the ends of the earth. So how can we go to all people groups and all un, un, unreached places? And so by segmenting those areas, we started also looking at who are living there. You know, what are the people groups? So we started getting some momentum where, you know, we would come together uh, physically and just praying together and learning from one another and then setting some goals. And what was really neat is that we would hear the amazing things that God was doing from like the unrich people groups in Central Africa to the, you know, finding that one person of peace in, in West Africa. And so we started, you know, learning from one another. Now. So we, 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 we realized that this is not a one-man job. So we, we need, really need to mobilize more leaders within every segment. So right now, together with the other uh, leaders in Africa, we're looking at how can East Africa mobilize leaders from every Eastern African countries and then segment that to, to their local level, on a national level, to the district level. And so in, 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 in March this year, we had our first Eastern leadership gathering where we pulled out guys from places like Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, uh, and uh, South Sudan, and really coming together to, to connect the dots and you know, looking at the challenges and uh, making some goals to, for the next six months, what, what do we really want to see God do? Nice. And uh, so interesting thing is next month, I think in May, we're going to be in West Africa trying to do the same thing, bringing all the leaders together, connecting the dots to see where we are at and to see where we're not and collaborating and connecting with other people that have kingdom minded perspective to come together and to see how how can we make this happen as Africans, nice. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think to, 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 to see that happen, we need to mobilize more people and connecting with more people and collaborating with more people 
and uh, and 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 have this segment uh, scale that down to the region. Really awesome, Kenny. This absolutely amazing, bro. And even just getting to see how full circle this came for you in the very beginning. You didn't even know how to share God's story when you were already obeying. And now you're talking about strategically thinking, connecting the dots, and going to UUPGs, which you didn't know what an unreached people group even was at the time. It is really cool to see how the Lord has brought you there. Yet at the same time, you're keeping it so mm-hmm. simple on just hear and obey, hear and obey. And so something that Lee says all the time, you know, I'm sure he didn't make it up, probably got it from Curtis or somebody, but you can't give away what you don't have. Right. So what I what I'm hearing yeah. from you and what I know from from just relationship with you is that you do this from your own home. Right. At the simplest level, yeah. you are obeying Jesus from your home. This is God's command that you love one another. And then you're helping the surrounding areas do the same thing. Then God gave you eyes for the surrounding islands. And now you're serving leaders of across teams, churches, organizations throughout Africa, connecting, communicating, collaborating with one another. I mean, that is just God. That's just God. And and so you mentioned something earlier, which I think really puts this kind of leadership process into cycle. You mentioned mall, you know, and for our listeners, if you don't know mall, mall is just the leadership training cycle of modeling for somebody, assisting for somebody, watching them as they go do the same thing and then leaving them because they don't need you to be there as they're, you know, figuratively riding the bike now. So can you tell us just a little bit about, you know, how you have built leaders in your home um, in other islands, um, serving the brothers and sisters in other countries by the mall process. What what does that look like for you? All that I'm sitting with you and talking to you right now and, and having people doing the same stuff back home. It's, it's amazing. So, uh, it, it, you know, it, it really takes time, you know, to, to see multiplication. I think uh, you have listened to the previous podcast. You've, you've mentioned about, you know, this is no civil bullet, you know, you do A, B, and then you can see magic happen. It takes time and, and it really, it's a journey of walking with people, pouring yourself into others. At, at the beginning, not thinking that everybody got it. So you, you know, you train people and he says, you got it. And then you move on to the next training, to the next people, you know, to the next group. But with time, I realized that, you know, we need to go back in a system and uh, because people need, 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 need to see that and, and need to uh, really be uh, like Jesus did with his disciples. And so uh, when I started going back uh, and helping, you know, people, assisting people intentionally, it was hard because, you know, people always had a, uh, different excuses and, and all sort of reasons. But, you know, you kind of find this few that are actually obeying. And as they're obeying, you know, um, giving them more time to to actually go and see what it looks like to share, looks how it looks like to, to start a group, look how it looks like to, to pour into other leaders. I started freeing my calendar because before my calendar looked like, you know, I'm going to go to this community, share the gospel. Then the next day I'm going to go to that community, share the gospel. <laughs> and then, you know, when I got to realize that we need to assist people, my calendar started changing where, you know, it was more and more relational with people. 
you know, having coffee with people, having lunch with people, and then going with them to their groups, going with them to share their story, going with them, you know, to help them raise the, the, the other leaders. And what, what I found really helpful is to gather them at some point, you know, to have other leadership teams, you know, where, where we could learn together and, and then figuring out the challenges and, and what can be done to help, you know, uh, in terms of, of, of mauling, uh, what kind of assisting they, they need. In Mauritius, for example, over the course of the last two years, I've been investing more in terms of, of, of meeting people regularly, uh, key leaders, you know, to, to see what, what, what are the things they need, they need, uh, assistance with. And then, uh, really coming to a place where you kind of, you know, watching them do their own thing and, 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 I think that the, the, the part of, of leaving, I don't really like because you never leave relationship. There's always relationship, you know, and, uh, but you actually launch them and, and, and keeping close relationship with them with, um, and to see how you can still serve them in any way. So, uh, it's been really helpful to, you know, I think you said that to me, Zach, and really stuck with me. You make disciples, you also make friends. And I think this is, this has been super helpful, you know, to not think about people, you know, just disciple, but really friends that you're, you're, you're really privileged to serve and uh, labor alongside. That's great. Yeah. Well, the kingdom of God is definitely relational. And even I love how you described in the, the mall process, how that really is shifting from you doing everything to really being more relational with people and helping assist and watch and, and launch people in that. Um, but I think that's about the amount of time that we have for this podcast. You know, I love hearing uh, what God's mm-hmm. doing in Mauritius across Africa and through you, Kenny. And you're sorry that we couldn't have your wife Frida on, but you know, sometimes these are the things that happen. Uh, so definitely praying for that healing and, and just even that you guys will be able to get home soon. But just, uh, just to sum up a few things that I heard was, you know, not just even as a young leader, just like being faithful where you're at and maybe some people culturally will look down upon you, but, um, you can just keep on going with what God called you here and obey, you know, and I heard you do something that I didn't do as a young person, which was get mentorship, get wisdom from people from all avenues. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think I've learned now is crucial, you know, um, then not just that is awesome hearing how God has uh, expanded the vision to multiple countries training and even collaborating with people across Africa to say, how can we reach the, the gaps, the places where the kingdom of God is not, and how can we, uh, just, uh, just have that passion to mm-hmm. do that together. So those are just a few things that I remember, um, that stuck with me, but, uh, yeah, thank you so much for being on here, Kenny. And, uh, thanks for Pleasure. all the, uh, Great We're praying for you. Greetings yes. to Freedom. Love you, Kenny. Love you, Kenny. Thanks so much. How are you making more disciples? What problems have you encountered? What successes have you celebrated? What questions do you have? Share your stories with us by visiting moredisciples.com slash contact. If you're looking for next steps on growing your ability to make and multiply disciples, visit moredisciples.com to find resources, tools, and events all designed to help you make more disciples. 